Good morning and a very warm welcome to you. Can I just read from Lamentations 3.23 as we start? It says this, Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord. And it is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. What truth! Great is his faithfulness. Let's just remind ourselves of that this morning. He is our inheritance and the place that we find our hope, we put our hope and we receive our hope. You know, we're tension people, aren't we? I'm reminded of the tension as I chat with other church leaders in this city and beyond. On the one hand, 25% of the population have explored some form of online church since the start of lockdown and around, since around the March time. Many people are exploring doing Alpha, exploring faith, next steps towards Jesus. We have remarkable opportunities to serve our city, to feed our city, to relate to our neighbours, to be refined in our pursuit of Jesus and stripped of some of the many things that would have become idols and we were consumers of and all those kind of things. Yet on the other hand, Many are struggling, many stable, even leaders in this time, in a time, finding themselves in a time of crisis and in a time of bewilderment. We're in a tension. This is a tension. So what do we do? Well, we do what we always have and always will do. We turn our eyes upon Jesus. We look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace because great is his faithfulness his mercies begin afresh each morning so i say to myself that's what the passage says it says i say to myself i speak it over myself i tell my heart and my mind to take notice i repeatedly say to myself I say to myself, therefore, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him, so it is good to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord, and it is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. Great is his faithfulness. You know, I've been doing a series recently called Rise Up. If you've missed any of them, you can catch up online. But we want to be all that God has called us to be, to make an impact, not just to survive, but to thrive, to be people that hunger and chase after him, to be people that depend on him, to search for him. And to do that, to be that, we need to rise up and we need to step into it. Today, I want to focus specifically on hearing from God because we're listeners and responders, or at least that's what we're called to be. Our ministry flows out of the invitation of the Holy Spirit. We want to be people that only do what we see the Father doing. We're not the writers or the directors of the play or the part of our lives. We're just responders to the drumbeat of the Father that he's sounding to us and for us to march to. So among the tension of this time, the benefit is 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 what is is the thing if we get to see something stripped back 
and we get to say, Father, what is it that you're doing? What is it that we can partner with you, join with you, jump on the bandwagon of? Because we only want to do that. And I want to be listening and I want to be attentive to what I see you doing. John 5:19 says this, so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son of God can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he's doing. You know, the authority of Jesus that he had came from the Father. Because of his unity with God, he lived as God wanted him to live. Jesus did what God wanted him to do. Because of our identification with Jesus, we must honour him and live as he wants us to live. We should therefore be people that only do what we see the Father doing. We want to hear it, learn from it, discern it, listen to it and put it into practice. Honestly, through this whole season, this time, you know, since around March, so many people have said to us, to Steph and I, like, what's your plans? What are you gonna do? You know, our honest response in this time is, our plans matter so little. What matters is our posture. It's the posture of our hearts. Honestly, for us as our church, for us as a church, our plans really matter so much less than our posture. Our posture needs to be face down before the Lord, asking, Father, what is it that you're doing? And how can we join in with it? How can we join everything that you're doing and wanting to do? He loves us and he wants to reveal it to us. Verse 20, for the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he's doing. And honestly, here's a daily question that we want to be asking, Father, what is it that you're doing? What are you doing? Every environment that we walk into, nearly, if I, if I said every, every room, you'd be like, well, I'm not walking into many rooms, but what environments are we in? We want to be asking the question, Father, what are you doing? What are you seeking to do in us, to us, through us, and in the places and the spaces that we fill? Because we want to learn to listen. And as we learn to listen, we'll learn to speak as he wants us to speak. Because we want to be people that speak on behalf of the Father with his authority. Think of those people that we, we know in government or wherever it might be, that they have an official spokesman. They don't speak on their behalf, they speak on behalf of the person that they represent. That's really all we're doing. That's all that we're meant to be doing, every conversation. I'm not representing me, I'm here to call out what I believe he's saying and he's doing. That's what we want to illuminate, that's what we want to highlight, that's what we want to bring to the fore in people's lives and in the situations and dynamics that we find ourselves amongst. We want to learn to listen and then learn to speak. Let me, let me just read to us from 1 Samuel 3. I'm gonna focus some of what I'm talking on today around that, but it says this, 1 Samuel 3, starting in verse one, it says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of the Lord. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. 
Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realised it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. You know, you may or may not fully appreciate this, but I want to give us three quick points this morning, and they all begin with P. I love to try and do that. Man, I spend far too much time trying to align points to all begin with the same letter. So how do we learn to listen to the Father and to speak on his behalf? I want to speak about proper practice, proper position, and proper proximity. Gosh, it's a tongue tire. Six, it's actually six Ps, but it's only three points. So the first point is this, proper practice. It's about practice. You know, when I was in the fire service, every six months we'd go for a hearing test and I'd sit in this little soundproof hut. I don't know if you've ever done that. It's a really strange experience. You'd sit in a room with zero sound. It's quite bizarre. You can literally hear your heart beating. It's almost like my ears would play tricks on me because the odd thing is you can actually hear something even when it's silent and you can hear every move, every twitch that you make that normally you wouldn't hear or respond to you can hear it. So you're in this room and you've got this little device that you hold on a wire and every time you hear a noise you have to press this little button and it's so odd. You're like the first time I did it I was clicking away before the test had even started because I thought I was hearing things and I was just hearing the sound of, 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 of myself basically. It's like, oh, I, I hear that, and it's like, hear what? Did I hear it? Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Was there something there? Is this part of the test, or is this in my mind? Is, is this real? And then the, the test started, and at first it's just faint little noises, some kind of strange buzzing sound that seemed really far away and distant, and then at other times it was quite quick and loud and seemed a lot closer. It was, it was such a bizarre experience. But the, the first point is this, proper practice. Listening to the Father, learning to hear and respond to his voice takes practice. Attuning our ears, focusing our attention, posturing our hearts to hear, to respond, and to hear and to respond to his whispers and the whispers of his voice, to learn and understand and discern his leading and his leaning. Samuel, in verse 1, it says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. Samuel was already obeying what he already knew. God doesn't choose us because of our charisma or our eloquence of speech. Rather, he looks for those with courage to hear who will speak exactly what he tells them. It's not about having a special job or a certain house or having a particular education or upbringing. It says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. 
whether you feel you hear from God or have no idea really what even that might mean in reality, whether you feel you have a direct line of communication or sometimes might just feel that you have this inner prompting within your spirit and you wonder if that might be him nudging you, the place we start, the first step towards it is being faithful in serving him. You know, often it's the regular relational intimacy. It's the habit of prayer. It's the, the, the rhythm of reading our Bibles. It's the creating the space and the margin in our lives to see and to search for him. It's the journaling and the writing down and reflecting on what we think he might be saying. Lamentations 3.25, the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. We want to be people that search for him with everything within us. Let's practice, 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 practice and practice. There's no expert. Some people might seem like they are, might come across like they are, might want you to think they are. But there's no experts. It just takes practice. It says the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly. The second P, proper position. Samuel lies on the floor next to the ark of God and the Lord calls out to him, Samuel. Samuel lay quietly and still and he removed all of the distractions that might have got in his way. Now honestly that might work for you, but I, honestly for me it doesn't. I, if I have three minutes to myself and I was to lay quiet and still and remove all of my distractions, I pretty much guarantee to you that I'd fall asleep. I'd wake up at least an hour later. Have, we, have you ever thought you can't hear him though? What's that, what's that feel like when you feel you can't hear him? We often don't try because other people hear, but not you. I'm not even gonna try, because I don't hear, they do. They're the ones that hear, but I don't hear. So sometimes we don't even try to hear and to listen because we don't think that we can. You know, God isn't hiding. He's longing to be found. I live our youngest daughter, she's free, and um, often before bed she'll hide. And uh, she partly does it, I think, because I've taught her to do it, because it's one way I get her upstairs to brush her teeth, is to convince her that it'd be fun to go and hide. So quick, get upstairs, then we can brush your teeth and we'll see if mummy can find you. So, so what she does, and she loves it, she loves to hide in her bed under her duvet until somebody comes to find her. And often I'll jump into the bed as well and hide with her, and she loves it loves it, screams with delight pretty much every time she's found. So much so that we have to do it four or five times and I'll whip her up before then trying to get her to go to sleep. But you know, it's that, oh, I wonder where Livy is kind of moment. You know, the, the, we know exactly where she is. She's under the duvet every time because she hides in the same place every time. The father isn't hiding. Actually, he's just asking for you to search for him. He's not moved. He's longing for you to look for him and to seek him out. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. The proper position is the posture of our hearts and we want to posture our hearts towards him. Are we posturing our hearts towards him, searching to hear and then respond to what we hear because he longs to speak with us. He's not hiding. It's like live under the duvet. I know exactly every time where she is. In fact, she actually gets pretty sad if you don't find her within 10 to 20 seconds. Our discipline, our desire 
should be that we have regular repeated times where we seek to remove the distractions and seek to tune into the voice of the Father. Now that's going to look slightly different for all of us. It's not a one-size-fits-all. You can't have somebody else impose what they do onto you. But what does it look like for you? You know, just to give you a few ideas, sometimes for me it's chatting with others. That illuminates the things of God to me as he speaks to me through them and the discipleship journey that they're on. I always find his voice in the pages of the Bible, sometimes with such excitement, sometimes actually it's just the, the obedience of posture and position. Sometimes, yeah, it feels drier. It's more hard work. But I feel over the regular rhythm of time, he would regularly speak to me through the Bible. If I keep placing myself where he is, I'll hear his voice. You know, I've said it before, but often it's Steph and I will just be chatting around the chimney. Often I'll find it just out for a walk sometimes in the countryside that I'd regularly ponder and hear things as I wait and I listen and I look and I observe. Is it an audible voice? Is it a boom from heaven? You know, I, it's not for me. It might be for you often, it's just a still small nudge, a thought that pops into my mind when I'm thinking, where did, where did that thought come from? Is that what he's trying to speak to me about? And then what I do with that, do I entertain that? And often it's taking a risk on it, stepping into it to speak that out. Sometimes I'll just speak. It's what some, you may have heard it called automatic mouth. It's just words just tumble out. And I try and then process that and understand that and discern that. Is this what the Lord might be saying through this? At other times I've written stuff down, what I feel the Lord might be saying, and you can look back and you can consider it over a period of time. There's, what I'm really saying is there's no one set method or way I'm certainly not trying to contain you and say, oh, it has to be like that because that works for me. I just want to encourage us to explore ways that works for you because what I know is he speaks more the more we seek more. So how do we hear more? Well, we hear more by seeking more because he longs to be found when we search for him. Then the final P is this, proper proximity. You know, I, I love fire. I really, did you find that ironic? But I really do. Any, any chance for a little fire, I'm on it. You know, it's, it's, it's such an obvious thing to say, but the reality is the closer I am to, to a fire, the warmer I get. A coal on fire passes its heat on to a colder coal that is next to it. If you want the coal to catch fire, you place it closer to the coal that is on fire. It's so obvious but worth reflecting on because verse 20, the father loves the son and shows him everything he's doing. It is the pleasure and the delight of the father to reveal and illuminate the path to the son. So how much more so for us is what he does, is who he is. John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Verse 3 of 1 Samuel 3, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. You know, we are to camp out. We are to place our lives. We are to posture our hearts in the tabernacle near the ark of God. It's about proximity. Samuel lived in the presence of God. If we want to hear from God, we've got to be close to him, to be obedient to him, to attune ourselves to him. 
You know, my granddad used to always listen to Talk Sport. You know, BBC Radio 5 Live, they have Talk Sport. I don't know if it was even called that then. I'm fairly sure it was, but it was the national radio service that broadcast mainly news on sport and discussions around it, interviews and phone-ins and all stuff like that. And he'd listen to it on what he would call, some of you probably may do, but he'd call it the wireless. You know, he insisted that we called it the wireless. Like, back in the day, lad, it's, it's the wireless. And he'd say that in his proper northern accent. So we, we, we call it wireless now, son. And you're like, well, I kind of call it radio granddad, but yeah. Um, anyway, I, I think my granddad was like ahead of his time with this whole wireless thing because it's like, it's obviously big now, or he was just being stubborn. But talk sport was a, it was a funny one. And you try tuning into that and holding the signal because it just dips in and out. And um, you're trying to faff about getting six, six, nine, three or nine, oh, nine and moving between them is anyway, he'd have a wireless, he'd have a radio, but he'd call it a wireless. He'd have a wireless everywhere literally every room in the house he had of course he had one in the car but each room in the house he'd have one that he'd take out in the garden it was like his garden radio were for when he's cleaning the windows or whatever he's doing he'd have one get this right he'd have one that he'd carry up the stairs so it was placed on the bottom step carry it up the stairs leave it on the top stop and then top step and then move on with the next one and then when he came down the stairs it'd be there ready to carry back down and in my mind's eye i can still see that one it was this little black portable thing with a pull-up aerial and the reason i remember it partly is because every time you went up or down the stairs you fell over the jolly thing that was either at the top or the bottom and uh, but i loved faffing about with that one when he wasn't looking i'd just move the dial and knock it out of its tuning and he'd be like listen listen lad has anyone been playing with my wireless no granddad what was 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 wireless the wireless on the stairs has someone been faffing with it you know these things don't move the tune themselves they're like have you been playing no no granddad this must be the must be the dog again anyway he's so committed to having radio wireless sorry but he'd have it everywhere he'd even have it on the stairs so that wherever he went he'd have seamless in and in uninterrupted that's the word i couldn't get listening goodness me like he'd love you know like now you can have airplay where you just go one room to another and it's wirelessly available he'd love it he was ahead of his time man alive he was committed to it and to talk sport here's where i'm going with this how committed are we to hearing the voice of the father that for him changed his whole world how we did things what it looked like how committed are we samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of the lord verse 4 from that place from that intimacy from that posture from that hunger from that desire from that longing suddenly the lord called out samuel Samuel was sleeping by the tabernacle, the ark of God, and suddenly the Lord called out Samuel. Of course he did, because his proximity was close to the Father. What's our proximity to the Father? For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything that he's doing. My sheep know my voice, listen to it, and I know them and they follow me. Do we? Could we? Will we? Are we? Whoa, just dropped my iPad. That's, that's my question. I've, I've, it's it's got to be the longing of our hearts, the desire of our hearts. Our posture is more important, I believe, than our plans in this time. And we want to make that our practice, surely. 
Let's seek to shape our position and, and to ensure that our proximity is as close to the Father as is possible because we want to learn to listen and then learn to speak only what we see and hear the Father doing. I trust and I hope that's helpful. What I'd long to do this morning is almost set us off on that. I think there can be a danger sometimes that we wait for certain people to see or to hear or to think this is what the Lord is saying, but why, why don't we all do that this morning? Why don't we all step into that place? So we're just going to create some space and time for it. I want to invite the Spirit of God. I want to invite him, I want to ask you to posture your hearts, to open yourself, to place yourselves in that place of proximity to the Father and say, Lord, would you speak this morning for your servant is listening? And then what would you do with what he says? How will you respond to that this morning? It might be for you, it might be an encouragement, it might be just a longing to learn to hear and understand and listen more. It might be that he gives you a word of encouragement that you might then want to step out and share with somebody else. So let's, why don't we do that this morning? Father God, we welcome you. We posture and we position our hearts attuned and attentive to what you might want to say and we're going to create space for that. We're not going to fill it with our words or our talk. We would want you to speak. So we say, Lord, speak, for we are listening and we're hungry and desperate for it. And now I'm not going to fill this space with anything else. We're just going to let some gentle, quiet music play in the background and allow you to spend some time listening to the voice of the Father, not just filling it with our own voice. So bless you.